Welcome everybody to episode 9 of Daylight Podcast. Got the brothers here. Say hello, Jared. What's going on, guys? Tyler. What up, what up, what up? I have recently moved to Salt Lake City, Utah, and as such, all of my recording equipment is in a storage unit. So, we apologize for the lack of quality audio this time around, but we will be back with that next time. We are here to talk to you about the O5, uh, also known as The Office, and we have a special guest who considers himself somewhat of an office expert, and uh, we are thrilled to welcome him to the podcast. Hello, Kendrick. What's up, guys? Nice. Should have had The Office, uh, the <laughs> intro song play at the beginning of this episode. Okay. I will go back. <laughs> Just saying. No, that's a good idea. I will go back and do that. <laughs> everything live <laughs> <laughs> this is one take guys one, one take, one take. <laughs> so um the office is a tv show i guess i mean we assume that everybody knows what the office is because if you don't uh, this is awkward <laughs> this is not gonna be a good episode for you but this was a is a TV show that really meant a lot to all of us. Um, I want to actually say one other quick thing before we start. Um, if you listen to our episode of fueled by listener questions, uh, we actually got this question from Candy Burr, our friend from Boise, and she asked us which is our favorite episode and character of The Office. So we answered that there, but we thought it was such a good question, we wanted to make a whole episode out of it. So here we are. Talking about the office and um, what the office has meant in our lives, <laughs> as melodramatic as that sounds, it's kind of real. Am I right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. So let's kick it off. When the office, like Kendrick, maybe start us off. Like, why? Wh- let's start talking about why the office was so successful. Why was it such a hit? Well, I think it was such a big hit because it was the first of its kind, you know, the first that kind of brought along that mockumentary style of um, production. And I think all of the characters are so relatable that you kind of, you can identify somebody in your life that relates to each one of those people. Yeah, totally. Tyler, in preparation for this, watched a bunch of uh, reels of audition footage for the characters. I think casting is a huge part that made it successful. Ty, talk about that. It was just, I think Kendrick hit the nail on the head. It's, it's, these characters are relatable, but they're, they're, they're the, the extremes of each of their given, I don't know, personalities. And so not only are they a little bit relatable, but in my head when I watch the show, I say to myself, well, at least I'm not as fat as Kevin, you know? <laughs> or like, at least I'm not as crazy as Dwight, right? There's always that, that person like, at least I'm not as awkward as Michael, you know? Yeah. So That's true. They're the extreme yeah. end of the spectrum of each of their 
personalities. Like I, so let's start down that road then. Who do you relate to? Jim Halpert. I'm so awesome. <laughs> Star of the show. Yeah. Tuna. Big, big tuna. Jared, who do you most relate the to big, in the office? Big tuna. Um, definitely Andy. I'm a <laughs> hole through the wall kind of guy. And then, Nard uh, dog. <laughs> yeah, total bro. <laughs> uh, I I uh, I love Kevin. I think Kevin's so funny. I think he's a funny. And I think Tyler's exactly right. It's like you know, yeah. I have a lot of the same tendencies <laughs> that I'm thinking those things all the time. I just maybe wouldn't say them out loud. But totally, Kendrick. Yeah. Who's your Who's your office character? I guess I'd probably have to relate with Michael. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oblivious and doesn't really know what he's doing but just kind of going with the flow and just trying to please everybody yes he's a people pleaser occasionally i hit somebody with my car sue me or, or don't don't actually don't yeah so i i think it's i think it's worth pointing out that the episode wasn't exactly popular right away so it came out like in 2005 you mean the show the show wasn't yeah. i think the show. I mean, okay, so and I think we also have to note that uh, the, the, it actually it debuted in Brit in Britain first. This is a yeah, right. Um, right. It's an American uh, Ricky Ricky Gervais original. Right. And uh, anyway, he sold it to NBC. It got played in the U.S. and it was like so uncomfortable. Like Diversity Day is, I think, maybe the second episode, and it is the most. Maybe one of the most uncomfortable episodes. <laughs> totally. Well, yeah. They, I mean, they push the boundaries all the time, and it's yeah. And it, it's interesting that they can get away with it. Like, because I think you're right. At the beginning, it was like, whoa, you can't say that stuff. You can't make those jokes. But they totally pull it off. Yeah, we actually. So I, I just started business school, and we had this whole um, diversity inclusion. Uh, seminar and they played a they played a clip from Diversity Day in the <laughs> office episode and <laughs> it was the clip where Dwight's like they have uh, different ethnicities to, um, written on their foreheads and they, <laughs> and Dwight's like like to Pam okay give me a who am I give me a clue and and Pam's like oh well based on stereotypes that I do not believe are true <laughs> you would be considered not a good driver and he has Asian written on his forehead and he's like dang it. Am I a woman? <laughs> oh, so man. it's it's being used in the uh, in the classroom now. Totally, <laughs> it totally is. And I think I think a big part of the reason why it's being used in the classroom, especially now, is like this is the millennials TV show. Like this was so so yeah. It released in two thousand five. So I was. Oh man, not that good at math. 15, 16, 16 when it started. Tyler, what were you? 11. 11. So we were all kind of like in this adolescent teenage years and then it continued on through college. I remember in college, like my freshman year of college, we had huge viewing parties where like everybody in the building would meet in an apartment just to watch this, you know, half hour episode of the latest show of The Office. Because, I mean, it was like everybody, everybody watched it and everybody knew what it was and everybody loved it. And now, you know, that same age group is now making up the largest population of, largest portion of the the workforce. And, And it's just like, it's part of our 
identity almost because it was so popular. Yeah, and I think one of the things that made it so popular once it gained momentum, so it was like outrageously funny and very, like Kendrick said, cringeworthy at times. But then you also had these elements of uh, drama, you know, the love drama between yeah. Jim and Pam, and sure. would they ever get together? Like real. That humanity. really that kept people watching for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I actually have just recently gone through some of the later seasons and. The Jim and Pam fight when Jim goes to start athlete yeah. in Philadelphia, and then and then uh, that camera guy, you know, Brian. like that, yeah, Brian that that Pam starts flirting with is like, yeah, there's definitely like the the human side of it as well, and I think you feel that for even even characters like Michael Scott, you feel that way sometimes too, or Angela with her gay husband who is <laughs> cheating on her with Oscar, or you know, like there are these really funny things, but they're also like there's a very human element to it as well. <laughs> I would agree with that. And uh, that's like, I think that's the thing that really drives, I mean, the humor, there's humor dispersed throughout. It's always peppered in every single episode and every conversation there's something. But I think the thing that really fuels the show is the emotional aspect. And I, I think you can see that when you have the season where Michael leaves, the episode where Michael leaves, it's an emotional episode. Totally. And you have, and you see that towards the end of the series as well. It's, it's actually pretty emotional, which you wouldn't expect from most, uh, comedy sitcoms. Yeah. Um, yeah. How many episodes made you guys cry? No, I, I kid you not. It was three weeks ago. I was rewatching the office and during Jim and Pam's wedding, I, I was in my room alone on my computer watching this episode crying. I'm not kidding because I just felt so much like in so much invested in their relationship. Like I was a part of it and I loved them and these characters are crazy. But occasionally, like Michael Scott, Michael Scott just loves – he loves these guys. Even though he's crazy and says weird stuff, like that episode made me cry. It will make me cry every time I watch it no matter what. Well, and I think that's a really interesting part to it as well is like you have these characters that are so ridiculous. It's like, it, it's like they kind of classify the characters. I don't know if this is something that the writers did on purpose, but it's almost like there's characters that are – just completely socially awkward and unaware and oblivious and weird. And then there's normal characters and they're all kind of woven together. And you can kind of pick apart the normal ones from the super weird ones. Like I was just watching an episode where, um, you know, they have the, the two interns at, in like season nine, they have, um, Clark and Pete, Clark and Pete and, and, Pete starts dating Aaron and Andy gets all mad about that. So he, he hires Aaron's ex and Pete's ex to come and, and work and work at the office. Cause he's like, well, does it make me feel better to have them feel uncomfortable? Yeah. Yeah, it does. But you can totally tell it's so funny because Aaron's ex is Gabe and you can totally tell he's a weird one. And which we know from previous seasons, but then, you know, Pete's ex is this girl named Alice, and when she comes in, she's a totally normal one, you know? And, and like Jim, Jim's a totally normal one, and yet he totally gets involved in all of the pranks. And <laughs> I think probably one of my favorite episodes of all time is when they have to, when they have to load the, the paper in the warehouse, all of the sales <laughs> <laughs> and Jim is like Jim's like leading the charge that's the thing is like he's he's so much more normal and like social than these other people and yet 
he's totally in there. He's like down there with them. Yeah, I think it's David Wallace or somebody comes down and they're like, "What are you do? What are you guys doing?" Because <laughs> they, they put that, they put like the they oil, oil on the, on the ground <laughs> to try to slide the boxes of paper, and they were like, "This is this is our all the other Dwight's, characters." Dwight's pumped. <laughs> yeah, they all think all the other characters think it's so awesome, and they're like, "We came up with this new system. What's it called?" And Jim's like, "No, we don't need to. We don't need to say it." And they're like, "No, no, Jim. What no, is it? Jim. What is it?" He's like. Senior Lodenstein. <laughs> and then they're like, yeah, Senior Lodenstein, and why is it? And he goes, poor K.S. Muy Rapido. <laughs> and it's just, it's awesome, because you love Jim, and you know he's so cool, and yet well, he just embraces these people. Okay, and then, okay, the flip of that is you have the really weird people, like Dwight, who are normal at times, right? Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was an episode I was telling Tyler about, uh, where yeah. I, I forget what stage of the relationship, uh, Pam and Jim are in. Like basically Jim is with Karen maybe, or, or just kind of like upset. And she's just alone crying by herself in the stairwell. And Dwight walks by and he, he feels really bad for her and he puts his jacket around her and he, you know, he, he kind of gives her a side hug and he's like, man, you must be PMSing really bad. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so he's like sympathetic, even though he's oblivious, but, but you know, yeah, he like has these endearing sympathetic qualities at times. He's totally trying to like the episode where Jim dresses up like Dwight. And he's like the one where he's like bears beats battles. And then, and then Dwight's like identity theft is not a joke, Jim. Millions of <laughs> millions of families in America suffer every year. <laughs> so you like you're right. He has touches of reality and of normalcy, but yeah. they're just they're just off the wall. And I, I think that juxtaposition of weird and normal is is another part that makes it so successful. And then we got to mention those characters who really have no <laughs> role in the, like Creed. Yeah, they're so Creed <laughs> is just there, and he just yeah. says the most off the the charts things, and you're just like. What like, you don't even know you like? What's your job in the yeah. office? Like, what are you doing here? Totally, he never moves. <laughs> he never like moves the conversation forward or progresses the story. He's just. I think he's just the like, last person to steal from me, Creed Bratton. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I could get a worm in here. He's like, you're, you're paying way too much for worms, man. Who's your Who's your worm guy? <laughs> or in the weight loss episode when Kelly's like, I swallowed a tape room, a tapeworm, in three days he's gonna eat all my food. I got it from Creed. And then it goes to Creed's like, that was not a tapeworm. <laughs> Let's just keep talking until the police leave. So, Kenry, I think you should, uh, should share some uh, of the stories behind our office parties in college. Yeah, so it, interestingly enough, Blake, we haven't talked about this at all, but um, you are the, actually the very first person that introduced me to the office. Am I really? You are. Wow. So, wow, I'm so not even me. That's like offensive. <laughs> I know. Well, I think I was over at you guys' house and it was right before you, you guys were moving or I can't remember exactly when it was, or maybe I was up there, um, visiting when I was at BYU or something, but you're like, yeah, you got it. It's got brick from Anchorman. It's going to be great. It's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And I didn't really think too much about it. And then, uh, so that's actually where kind of the Genesis started. That's where I first heard about it was from you. That's hilarious. Uh, and then Jared and I, we tried to get office parties together. It sounds like you guys were much more popular than us. We would invite <laughs> pretty much the whole board, and usually we had an average attendance of, I don't know, seven. <laughs> uh, 
four of which lived in the house, so they had to be there whether they <laughs> wanted to or not. It was just going on. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I, we just got together. It was every Thursday we'd get together and watch this, and it was just – I don't know. I've got a lot of great I, memories from that. I remember, I remember that, like, one of our biggest turnouts was, I think – Jim and Pam's wedding, and, uh, you know, we went to BYU, a very conservative school, and that was one of the more racy episodes, and I remember it made a lot of people uncomfortable. Yeah. (laughs) Like, as we were watching it, it was like, oh, okay. (laughs) I feel bad that we invited everyone over to watch this, but... um, (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah, I think it definitely was a little uncomfortable at times, but I think the viewing parties were, uh, I mean, at least in my experience, I know they were happening all over the place. Uh, You know, we had one in my freshman dorm at BYU as well. But I knew of several others that, you know, were going on, you know, not, not that I was ever invited to them, but they were, I knew that they were happening. And I think, um, yeah, it's just like whenever you have a show that, that just encapsulates so many people and just totally captures the audience, like, like the office does, you have these parties. I mean, and the thing about it that's so cool is that the office is a show that's never, well, I guess maybe not never, but you guys watch it in college as viewing parties. Yeah. And now while I'm in college, we'll invite people over for a game night on like a Sunday night and we'll be watching The Office before the people come to our apartment. And next yeah. thing you know, there's 15, 20 people in my apartment and all we're doing is watching The Office instead of playing games Yeah. because we don't want to stop watching The Office. And so right. it's not like a viewing party anymore. It's just the fact that it's just the best show ever. Well, and you can start watching anywhere. You can just pick up and you know mm-hmm. once you've like been through all nine seasons – and you kind of know the storyline and everything, then you can just you just watch you, you, you just turn on anything, and you know, and it's guaranteed to give you a good laugh and potentially tug at your heartstrings as well. And it's just like it's it's the best. Is is it the best? Yes. Is this the best show on TV ever? Yes. Whoa. Yes. <laughs> Kendrick, was uh, that you? An emphatic yes. I would, I would say, yeah, I don't think there's, I can't imagine there being an, I mean, who knows, maybe 10 years down the road, they'll come out with something new. But I think for me, this is, and will always be the best show, not only because it, you know, objectively, I think is the best show, but because of the emotional connections that I have to the show in the period of time in my life when I watched it. Yeah. I think that's Amen. Well said. I I think, um, yeah, I mean, for people... Yeah, of our age, like th- this, this has been the most popular sitcom, you know, that we've grown up with. Yeah, well, and I you know, think it's like for, we didn't grow up with Cheers, right? Or like, yeah, you know, Seinfeld is one of those that everybody quotes, and right. But this is like our our show. This is, and and I think that's an interesting point too, because you know, the older generation, whether it's Gen Xers or Baby Boomers, whatever your whatever other generation, I you can't really have these kinds of conversations about the office with them. I mean, everybody in our generation knows it and loves it and can quote it with you, but outside of that, not so much. And so it's, it's kind of something that's, you know, close, close to our hearts, if you will. Um, okay. Real quick. If any, yeah, you guys should definitely look up the casting videos of the office at some point. Yeah. Okay. Do you guys know that, uh, Bob, Odenkirk yeah. was almost cast as uh, Michael Scott. He's the guy from Better Call Saul. Yeah. yeah. I just oh. – Tyler just told me that last night because we just watched the episode where where he is – Where Pam goes – Yeah. Pam goes to work for him and he plays 
Michael Scott. He, basically. Yeah, so like he like a different basically does. And he's, she's like going through the interview. He's like, so how long are these uh, cameras going to be following you around? Because I think that is super cool. Pretty cool. <laughs> Pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't yeah. think I don't think there was any casting mistakes at all. Um, but I do think Bob Odenkirk is hilarious, and I'm glad that you know he got his chance to play a Michael Scott type character because he's really funny. He's yeah. hilarious, well, and uh, but yeah. Well, I was just gonna say that I, I was glad that he uh, was available for Breaking Bad and now Better Call Saul. Yeah, yeah. seriously, because he he nailed those roles. Those are really good. Yeah. I think they did an impeccable job with the characters. Um, you look at the first season, and then as you move on to later seasons, you had Karen and Andy, and then, and then Karen. That's a, yeah, um, she's she's you know written off the show, but I feel like the characters that they added and when they came on, when they left, I think it was perfect. There's not, you know, Michael leaving was really sad, but aside from losing Michael, which was you know again sad, I think all of the other character entrances and exits were pretty much perfect. Yeah, well, and I think typically, you know, just kind of speaks to the casting and to the writing. When it generally in a show, if you if you lose a character like like Steve Carell is in this show, either the show doesn't go on or it, or it's it's terrible. You know, it's not good. And while Michael Scott, you know, there's a huge void left after he leaves the show, they do a good job filling it. I mean, what's it, Lance Vickers? Is is D'Angelo Vickers? D'Angelo Vickers. When Will Ferrell comes in, <laughs> he does a good job for a little bit, and then obviously James Spader, who is a super creepy guy most of the time, he does was a great know. job. Super care. Why is Robert California here? Don't know. Super care. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think I think you're right, and I think the other thing that Kendrick mentioned at the beginning was. It was totally, uh, you know, use some business terminology, disruptive to your typical sitcom. You know, they were breaking the fourth wall all the time. You know, we'd never really seen that before where, you know, you have somebody do something weird and then, uh, you know, Daryl will just look at the camera and kind of roll his eyes. And you're like, we'd never seen that before on TV. Like. Everybody was and then it seemed like character. every TV show after that was oh totally a, a mockumentary. Rec, like, community. They all tried to follow suit, but The Office was the first. Totally pioneered that, right. and everybody loved it. That should about do it, ladies and gentlemen. Some thank you for tuning in. Special thanks to our resident office expert Kendrick. Thank you for joining us. Well, guys, it's um, I've been a fan for weeks now. I'm glad that I finally was able to get on the show. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Woo! Just listen to that. All of you listeners out there, have <laughs> faith, try hard. Maybe someday you can get on the podcast too. It's uh, If you've been a fan for weeks, you might weeks. get a call. <laughs> you know you've made it when you're here. You know how to find us. Check us out on Facebook. Uh, make sure to leave us a review on iTunes. And we are building our repertoire for the next user-fueled episode. So send us your questions at daylightpodcast at gmail.com. And thanks for listening, everybody. Three, two, one. Welcome, everybody, to episode... That was bad. I need to give more time to edit that. (laughs) I forgot. We'll We'll put these in at the end. Okay, three...